hopeful, tenacious, dynamic. The Brave Files are supported by Julian Desjardins, a certified strategist for small business owners. If you've already made that brave decision to start your own business, it's time to stop trying to do it all alone. Check out our show notes for more information or visit juliandesjardins.com. You are listening to The Brave Files, real stories from people living courageously. You can listen to the show anywhere you enjoy podcasts, and we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a difference, and we appreciate it. Now here's your host, Heather Vickery. Today's guest has one of the most moving and brave stories I have ever, ever heard. At the age of 35, Kim found out she had breast cancer. Shortly after that, she discovered she was pregnant with her third child. Remarkably, Kim and her daughter are both survivors, and she's here to share her story with us, and I couldn't be more excited. Kim, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I really, this is extraordinary. I want you, I want you to tell us about this. Um, you have two other children. You, you found out you had breast cancer, which is pretty awful all by itself. Yes. And then you found out you're pregnant. So uh, fill in the gaps there for us a little. Yeah, I was just cruising along life, um, you know, 35, kind of, you know, average life, had two kids, a boy and a girl, you know, we had the house and the job and, you know, everything was the way it was supposed to be kind of, you know, your average American dream, you know, nothing too exciting. (laughs) It sounds Um, about right. That's what most people are looking for. Yes. Absolutely. Um, you know, I was um, pretty active. I liked running. I played, you know, um, recreational sports, things like that. You know, I ate pretty healthy. Um, I was exercise science major. So, you know, kind of health and wellness um, was, you know, right up my alley. So it wasn't like I was, you know, living kind of any kind of extreme lifestyle or anything like that. And I don't have any family history. Um, you know, I was taking a shower one day and there was this little bitty like tic-tac size knot thing under my armpit and it wasn't even really I wouldn't consider it my breast you know it was kind of more my armpit and it was right where the underwire in my bra stopped I had very substantial breasts prior to all this um so I had one of those you know old grandma (laughs) super strength bras with the underwire that are you know made from rebar basically yes so I just yeah (laughs) I'm curious though were you doing a self-breast exam or was it just as you were washing you felt this it wasn't yeah no I wasn't even doing a self-breast it was just kind of as I was washing you know I think I was actually going to shave and you know pulled the skin taut and felt it you know it was really really tiny kind of you know didn't really think twice about it after that um and then you know, every now and again, I'd remember, oh, there's that spot, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm, you know, 35-ish. It's time to go get your annual exam. I'll mention it to my um, OBGYN just to be safe. You know, if nothing else, I breastfed my kids. I figured it was probably a blocked duct, no big deal. Um, Nothing of that nature. So I go in, I do just that. I talk to my OBGYN. She feels it. She's like, yeah, yeah, I don't know what it is. We'll get it checked. She's like, you know, once you're in your 30s, they like to have this stuff checked just to be safe. I wouldn't worry about it. You're young, you're healthy. There's no family history. I'll warn you. They'll probably want to do a biopsy. They really like doing biopsies on these things. Okay. No big deal. I go in for the mammogram, you know, okay. Yeah, we can see it. 
we can't really tell what it is. It could be a blocked duct. It could be nothing. We'll do a biopsy just to be safe. You're young. You're healthy. You're in good shape. It's probably nothing. Okay, fine. <laughs> so that was on a Friday. Um, you know, we'll call you in three or four days, let you know the results. Monday morning, I get a phone call and it's my OBGYN on the phone and she's not her normal perky self. So I was like, kind of, you know, okay. <laughs> and she says, Kim, I didn't think I was going to have to make this phone call to you. And she's like, it came back as breast cancer. Wow. And then there's just this pause because, you know, I'm like, she might be the kind of doctor that thinks it's okay to tell this, like, for this to be a joke. <laughs> no, no doctor you know, would like, do that. Trying to tell yourself this could be, a, this is, you know, obviously nobody in their right professional mind would do something like that, but you just don't want to believe right. what you're hearing on the other end of the line. So, and I was standing in Hobby Lobby and I just remember thinking, I have got to get out of here. <laughs> So I'm running out of Hobby Lobby. My husband's, you know, doing the typical husband drive around the parking lot because I don't want to go in there. <laughs> and I'll pick you up when I come back around. Um, and I'm waving him down and I get in the car. And he's like looking at me and I was like, Dave, it's cancer. And he's just kind of, you know, keeps on going about what he's doing and whatever. And I'm like, David, listen to me. She said it's cancer. And then I just started crying. I think the having to say it out loud is just when it finally hit me. Yeah. You know, and I'm bawling and he's just, <laughs> you know, got the deer in headlights. Totally and I, dumbstruck. Yeah. 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 I mean, it just completely blew us out of the water. Unexpected, you know, I had done everything right. I had my babies at a young age. I breastfed. I was in good shape. I ate well. I love vegetables. You know, like I had done everything. My risk factors were non-existent. And then, you know, to hear that. Um, and then your mind immediately, well, me, because <laughs> I'm an overactive thinker, but my Everybody's mind yeah. Yeah, immediately went to the, you know, the few examples I knew of people that had breast cancer. And unfortunately, they all had passed. And it was like, I'm going to die. <laughs> you know, and that's like... I have these two kids, you know, I have this husband, you know, I thought I had 60 plus years to, you know, live out my life. And now, you know, for all I know, I may get in there and they may say, you got months, you got years, you got a few weeks, who knows, <laughs> to live. And I can only imagine. I have yeah. four kids and that is without fail. Let me cry during this episode. Um, my biggest fear is not not being there to see them do their things and to live Absolutely. their life. So Absolutely. I can only imagine that flashing through your mind. And, and that's, you know, and it's, you know, not even, and it's, it's crazy because as a parent, as a mom, you know, you don't even think about, oh, okay, well, it's going to suck if I die. But it's like, you're more concerned about, I, I wanted to be there for these kids. Yeah, <laughs> missing, think, missing the stuff. Yes, yeah. most definitely, most definitely. So um, I remember calling my mom next and it was hard to get the words out. You know, it, just, it was hard to say, you know, I was, and I, I remember I said it, I was like, mommy, you know, my voice was breaking. And I was like, it came back as cancer And my mom and I have a fun relationship, but she was like, that is not funny. That is not even remotely funny, you know? Oh, and, your poor mom. Yeah. And so, and I, so then I just burst into tears and I think that's when she knew I wasn't kidding. And I was like, and you know that's when she was just like you know you have to go into mom protect mode and she was like you're gonna be fine <laughs> there's nothing to worry about I gotta call you back later you know so it was one of those things too where I think it hit I think it hit everybody kind of like a ton of bricks like what in the world this is not 
expected. You know, it was so unexpected for everyone. It was kind of like when you're underwater and you can't hear, you can hear like muffled sounds. Like that's what it felt like for the rest of that day, just trying to wrap my head around it. I can only imagine. I can't imagine. I'm going to be really <laughs> honest. I, nope, I can't. And I hope that I never, ever can imagine. Agreed. I wouldn't wish it on yeah. my worst enemy. <laughs> yeah, I have a really good friend that says to me all the time, every day I am reminded of things that I am grateful I have and things I'm grateful I don't have. Absolutely. This is one of those moments. Um, so this is devastating, right? Mm-hmm. How, uh, then that's an understatement. How far or how soon after that did you find out you were pregnant? So I got the news about the diagnosis um, in June. It was June 20th. I'll never forget that day. And we had moved to Florida. Um, my OBGYN was in, was in Georgia. And so, you know, you only see her once a year, but I loved her. So I was like, I'll, you know, just I'll make that trip and go see my parents, you know, whenever I have to go back and do those appointments. So we kind of had to figure out, okay, well, do you want to come back here? Um, or are you going to try and do it there where you live? And originally it was like, oh, it's just that one spot. It's real simple. We'll cut it out. You'll take um, a hormone drug and that'll be, you'll be back to normal. You'll be back to your normal life. No big deal. So with that information, I, you know, I said, okay, well, I want to go to Georgia and deal with the doctors that I'm familiar with, you know, kind of, I'll deal with my, my OBGYN. These are people that already found it and have all the stuff on file. We'll just go and do it from here. And so they scheduled me in August for um, a lumpectomy, which is supposed to be just a lumpectomy. And then I went in for the um, lumpectomy. Then I came back out for the post-op talk with the doctor (laughs) for my path report. And, you know, it's crazy how it works, but they messed up and put my path report on my portal, my patient portal, before I actually spoke to a doctor, which they're not supposed to do. Oh, boy. And so I saw that it was a whole bunch of pages. And, you know, I've taken a few science classes (laughs) and I know I know some terms and I saw something and, you know, read it. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And so I told my mom when I went in there, I was like, I don't think I'm getting good news when I go in here for this. And she was like, all right, well, just, you know, hold on and see what she says. And so the doctor says, you know, I went in there to get the lump out. And she was like, when we we got in there, she was like, there was a whole lot extra going on that we didn't see in your mammogram. She's like, so we have to start this, approach this a whole different way. And she's like, I don't know what in the world happened, why it looks like that. She was like, I've never seen that before in my life. I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, then I, you know, you go home and you're kind of still thinking about what you're doing differently. Like, I was like, I changed my diet and, you know, my, I hadn't had, um, you know, my, my normal period, but I kept telling myself, well, you just had surgery. Um, no big deal, blah, blah, blah. But in the meantime, we need you to go ahead and be on, you know, birth control and all this kind of stuff because you don't want to be pregnant um, because your cancer is estrogen positive. So that's not a good plan, blah, blah, blah. So I go back to this OBGYN of mine and, you know, you get tested every time you go in and the nurse comes in and she said, girl, those pink lines were so vibrant. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And then the doctor comes in and she says, wait, weren't you just here? Didn't we just find a lump? And I said, yes. And she's like, okay, well, let's check. You know, and she does the ultrasound and there on that screen is that heartbeat. And this is probably the very first weekend of September. So unbeknownst to myself and my doctor, I was pregnant when I went under for the lumpectomy and they missed it. They didn't catch wow. it. That's, that's not supposed to happen. No. no. So that, that explains why there was 
the craziness going on that she saw because I have this estrogen positive cancer and I am currently, you know, making a baby <laughs> and my body is, you know, overloaded with what estrogen. What does estrogen positive cancer mean? I've never heard that term. So it's, um, you can have different types of cancer. Um, you can have hormone positive um, and there's estrogen ER positive is what they normally call it. Progesterone positive. I think it's PR positive. Um, and then I think there's H, H, HER2 positive. And then you can have completely, you know, non-hormone receptors. Um, it just basically is how the cancer cell feeds, what it feeds off of. So my particular cancer cells were working similar to my breast cells by bonding with estrogen. That's kind of what helped them feed and grow. And that was the only hormone that my cancer had a receptor for. Yeah. So just, you know, not, not the most ideal situation. <laughs> right. So that mixed with baby hormones and yes, all of that's yes. crazy. Yes. Okay. So I'm sitting there, you know, I'm looking at this heartbeat um, on the screen. Um, and how far along were you at this point? I was um, six, I think six weeks. Six weeks. Okay. Yeah. You know, and she's you know, she turns around and I, instead of a smile, she's got this kind of like, you know, sad look on her face. And she's like, okay, well, when you go talk to the oncologist, they're probably going to tell you to go ahead and terminate. Um, and she's like, if you want, you can just come back here. We'll give you whatever the medication is or, you know, whatever. And she's like, and you can just, it's early enough. We'll just pass the baby, you know, on. It'll be like, you know, a really bad period. And then you'll, you can move on with your treatments. And that was kind of the end of the conversation. <laughs> you know, meanwhile, this heartbeat is on the screen and I'm like, do what? <laughs> yeah, that's my baby. So yeah, what are you thinking? She's saying this, like, is it, to me, I imagine you talked about previously feeling like you were underwater. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the picture I can imagine right now, right? Is like where everything sounds like it's really far away or maybe on the other side of glass. Yeah. You're just hearing your heartbeat and the baby's heartbeat. I I'm putting that on you, but what was that moment like for you? <laughs> It was, it actually, I, I laugh when I tell people this, that moment, I think, was more surreal than the whole, you like, hearing you have cancer. When it was like, you're pregnant, You'd, I went into that full, this can't be true, this is not happening, I'm dreaming, I'm going to wake up, <laughs> this is crazy, you know, it just would not process. And then the longer I looked at that screen with that heartbeat, I was like, this is happening. And I, at that moment, felt the least scared. Um, oh, wow. Why? Because I had all through, you know, from June to this is now September, I believe, you know, I just kept saying, and I'd be praying and I was like, I just, I just want to be confident that this is not going to be the end of me. You know, anything, part the sea, I want a burning bush, you know, send me an angel, something, proof of life that this is not how I die. And then to have a heartbeat on a screen, you know. Life. Right. Yeah. I was like, this is what I've been asking for for the last few months. You know, this is the, hey, <laughs> you're worried about death and I'm worried about life. There's life growing in you. We're, gonna, we're doing life right now. And that's kind of what was in my head is, hey, I'm doing life. I'm going to do life. And, you know, she was talking and in my head, I'd already decided I'm not. I won't be back for that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I can only assume that the uh, cancer doctors, the oncologists say, really, you should terminate, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, 
and you've just said that was not an option for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just disclaimer to anybody who's listening, if that, that's a very personal choice yes, and absolutely. everyone gets to make that on their own without fear of judgment or concern. Um, so, you know, please know that this was Kim's choice and it was a beautiful one and it worked out really well for her and nobody's judging anybody. Um, <laughs> but so you tell them, nope, that's not going to happen. And they finally come to terms with it. I would love to like do this more. I'd love to like have a two hour interview, but we don't have that much time. <laughs> so I don't mean to rush you because I think oh, it's no such an incredible story. But once they're on board, like, okay, she's not terminating. What the hell happened? What do you do? How do you do that? Well, I actually had to switch doctors because they weren't on board. So oh. I ended up finding a doctor um, close to home All right. um, who, who was on board. But, and it was great because she said, this is, you're not my first one. I just had a lady last year that was pregnant and went through this. And she was like, you're going to be fine. This is what you're going to do. So you have to wait for your, your second trimester. Um, you can do a round of chemo in your second trimester. They give you doxorubicin, which in the chemo cancer world, anybody that's had cancer or dealt with it, it's nicknamed the red devil. It's supposed to be the most awful one <laughs> to deal with. So you do that one um, and then you get a short break. Um, they let you have the baby and then you get like two weeks off after you have the baby <laughs> and then you go back and you do whatever chemotherapy treatment is best suited for your type of cancer. So I did two bouts of chemo treatment. So I lost my hair twice. I was bald and pregnant. (laughs) Um, And then I had my baby and had my hair grow back and then went right back and was bald again. (laughs) Um, Least of your concerns, right? (laughs) And so hard to have a newborn baby. Exactly. Exactly. And you're tired. And, you know, um, I actually had a really good experience with the chemo. I wasn't, I didn't have all the terrible side effects you could have. So it wasn't too terrible. You know, I, I did miss out on breastfeeding because I had to end up doing the double mastectomy prior to having um, my daughter wow. because that's the other thing too is, you know, like, well, we can't really give you anything, but you can go ahead and do the mastectomy while you're pregnant. You know, that can always be done. Wonderful, um, easy recovery while pregnant. No big right. deal, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, just, you know, be pregnant, have no breasts and. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, and then be bald on top of that and, you know, totally emotional, <laughs> emotional wreck from your hormones and whatnot, and you're going to be fine. <laughs> how did your kids and your, your husband, how did they process this? What was, what was this like for them at the time? My kids actually did really well. Um, my son was just like, okay, well, your doctor says, you know, he asked a lot of questions about the doctor and the medicine and stuff. And I told him it was not a fun trip and, you know, mommy's going to lose her hair and things like that. And he just kind of, it was so cute. He was precious. He was just like, okay, well, you'll be fine and we'll take care of you. And, you know, my daughter was three-ish, four-ish at the time. So she kind of was like, what? (laughs) You know, so it was just kind of like, you have to be gentle with mommy. Um, mommy may be tired some days. My husband, bless his heart, he was in the denial phase way longer than everybody else. <laughs> he just kind of, I think, you know, I think it took me coming home without rest and like the hair falling out before he was like, oh, we're really doing this. You know, I think he tried it's kind to. kind of like, preg- I feel like that for men, pregnancy, right? Yes. Babies aren't real till they're holding babies. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. So, um, and I remember when I was pregnant with my four which everybody who, I say that every episode, you all know I have four, (laughs) we get it, I know. But when I was pregnant with my first and I had nothing like what you had, but I had hypermesis, which is Mm -hmm. Princess Kate had it. She made it famous. Oh my gosh, yes. So in 28% of pregnant people, they're sick up through their 20th week and 8% of those 28% 
they're sick the whole time. That was me. So really sick. And with the first pregnancy, it took a long time to figure out what was actually going on. Yeah. I can remember sitting in the ER thinking, I'm dying. I, yeah. <laughs> I have cancer. I have something. Like, I'm right. <laughs> dying. And I told my, my then husband, it doesn't matter what's wrong with me. We got to save the baby. Yeah. And he's like, no, we got to save you. And I'm like, nope, yeah. nope, nope. <laughs> I got to save the baby. You know, that's, I can't do it. She's mine now. She's here mm-hmm. and that's happening. And I didn't know she was a she. Um, so I get that. I totally understand that. And he was not, that was not his choice. He was yeah. like, nope, we save you. I just, <laughs> I just threw up for 40 weeks. I was not dying. Was yeah. <laughs> the kids did, did handle it pretty well. I can only yeah. imagine their fear though. Um, and so, okay. Chemo baby, no chemo, mis- double mastectomy, which I do have some friends who have been through that. And I just know it's extraordinary um, in every possible way that is not good. Yeah. Uh, except for life-saving. So yes. that part's good. Baby, baby's born healthy and perfect. Absolutely. What's her name? Her name is Yuri. I love that, Yuri. <laughs> and then you get two weeks off to cuddle your baby. Yes. Uh, and you head back into chemo for how long? Um, I did, oh gosh, I can't even remember now. It's so crazy. Um, I believe I had to do it every Monday for 12 weeks. All this while with a tiny little infant. I can't. What was the biggest struggle at that point? Not being me. I wasn't the vibrant, you know, energetic me. Like, you know, I was the mom that was like, okay, let's get up. You know, after I had my first one, I was running and all this kind of things. And now it's like, oh, yeah, is it, what time is it? I'm going to bed. You know, it's two o'clock in the afternoon, Kim. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to do that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have, can't I'm not pregnant. So you're yeah. exhausted. And it's like, you know, you just want to, you just want to do normal things and worry about normal things. And it's like, oh, well, no, we can't do anything on Monday because Kim's got chemo on Mondays and that takes up your whole day. And, you know, um, I think that was the hardest part. Just, you know, I've always been one of those people that, you know, you don't tell me no, you don't tell me I can't do something. I'm going to sh- prove to you I can. And here I physically couldn't do some of the things that were simple, basic things um, that I was used to doing. Um, that is hard. It's yeah. so hard to not have any control over any of yes. that. Yes. Yes. As you're going through this, did you like know how brave this was? I mean, were you in touch with that or was it just autopilot? It was kind of autopilot. Like I could, I could ex- look back on it after the fact and say, okay, you know what I did? I did this and that was a brave move. Um, I think in the moment I didn't feel brave really. I just knew what I wanted <laughs> to do and what I felt was the right thing to do, you know, for me and in, in, in our, in our yeah. survival, my, myself and my daughter, um, yeah. you know, just, I think I approached it kind of like, I'm terrified but this has to be done and this is what we're going to do is kind of more of a determination mm-hmm. approach than it was so much bravery, I guess. And, you know, I could look back after the fact and say, Oh wow, that was kind of a brave move there. <laughs> Not kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go on full out, legit, crazy, courageous and brave. Um, and you know, parents do that. I, I think surviving cancer or anything like that, the work you have to go through to live is brave anyway, but to make those kinds of choices and sacrifices for your child, which we do all the time yeah. anyway, but at that stage, I, I think it's, it's amazing. So where, 
where are you now? Are you fully in in remission now or still in treatment or where are you now? Um, nope, I'm all done with treatments. Yeah. Um, I had a PET scan um, last June um, and it came back completely clear. Um, so I've had my port removed. I've finished radiation in October. Um, all the chemo's done. So they basically just put you on like a hormone um, hormone therapy medication. And it kind of varies. Sometimes they make, they, they said you're supposed to take it for five years. Some doctors say 10. I don't know how long I'm going to tolerate it. So <laughs> I told them I would see, <laughs> you know, gotcha. um, the side effects for it are kind of, you know, not fun. Any, nothing dealing with cancer medication or treatment is fun. Unfortunately, they just right. haven't figured that out yet. They need to find some way to make it fun. Um, when, and, and or just get rid of it. Let's yeah, or just, you know, obliterate it entirely would be great. Um, and then for me, um, the reconstruction process um, will start um, this May. So, um, okay. and so quite a while in between yeah. reconstruction for you. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. because they have to wait for the skin that was radiated to heal and things like that and whatnot. So, and then, of course, you know, me being pregnant threw off <laughs> some things. So. They couldn't do as much as they would have liked to, um, yeah. you know, what you're expecting, so. To say the least. So how old is your little girl, your youngest? She actually will be one um, in a couple of weeks. Oh, my goodness. Happy yeah. birthday to her. <laughs> this has all happened in such a short time frame. I, I mean, I know it's all aggressive, and have to, but it's extraordinary to me that this has happened to you all in the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's completely changed the trajectory of your life. Completely. Like, I mean, completely. Just, I, yeah, it just completely, like, you know, two kids was enough. After I had my daughter, I was like, we we're never having another one again. That was a bad idea. What were we thinking? And then, you know, and that was what's so crazy is I was content with two kids. I had a boy and a girl. I didn't need any more. I thought I had a plan for my career choices and things like that and what I wanted to do. And <laughs> And now it's completely been turned upside down and, and it's great. And I'm, I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, here you are just such a beautiful picture of strength and bravery. And you're going to send us some cute pictures, I hope of your yes. beautiful kids <laughs> and, and a little bit of your journey. We'll put that all on the show notes so you guys can check it out and see sort of, um, all this joy and, and maybe some of the struggle if you're willing to share it with us. How do you celebrate? I mean, there's been so much trauma and so much heartache, but yet so much triumph. How do you celebrate that stuff? You know, it's kind of, it's, you know, silly little things, you know, like I think especially as women in, in my case too, like, you know, I'm in the worship I've ever been in my entire life. We do a lot of, oh, I don't need that. Oh, I shouldn't be eating this bread or, you know, all those kind of ridiculous things. And now I'm kind of like, you know what? We can have a cupcake on a Tuesday at 1.34 p.m. for no, we don't need a reason because we're here. That's a good enough reason. And that's kind of, you know, I've learned to kind of live more in the moment. And that's how I celebrate, you know, oh, yeah, it would be really silly for us to um, go play it, like push you in the shopping cart throughout the grocery store, you know, while you get to ride on the inside. Eh, we'll do it anyways. You know, life is short. And I've life been, is too short. Yeah, and I've right? been told, I've been, I've had that, you know, laid out in front of me very clearly. <laughs> life is short. Tomorrow is not promised. And by all means, um, you know, I don't want to spend my life being boring or, you know, not enjoying a cupcake or ice cream for breakfast kind of thing. <laughs> I love that. I love it so much. It's very much my philosophy, but you have a great perspective on it. Do the thing, right? Just do the thing. Yeah, just, I yeah. mean, do the things. I mean, it's, 
what's it gonna, you know, you had a piece of bread. Are you gonna explode? No, I mean, it's mm. not the end of the world. There are Absolutely. worse things than carbs. <laughs> I can I can attest to that personally. Lots, Lots. They're my, I think they're my favorite thing. <laughs> You know, whatever. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I'd rather have carbs than chocolate, which is. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm kind of with you. And if you can like combine the two of them, even better. So <laughs> I know, right? I'm with you on that. So obviously, well, not obviously, but if I were to ask you what your greatest joy is, which is something I ask in every episode, I'm sure you would say your baby. But other than her, what has been a surprising silver lining to all of this for you? I think all of this has just kind of revealed to me how fearless I can be. I mean, don't get me wrong, things still scare me, but now it's like, eh, you know, <laughs> is it scarier than chemo? Is it scarier than having a cancer diagnosis? Probably not. Yes. So, you know, I, I go into things now kind of with less fear, kind of have a more dauntless approach, I think, to life now. And I think that was kind of the blessing in the, in the cancer and what's kind of my joy is now I can approach every day. I'm like, Oh, I can do that. <laughs> yeah. Shows you just how, how much you can indeed overcome. Right. Yeah. And how I love that you said you're not fearless, that you still have fear, but you look at it and go, this just isn't that scary compared to other things that I've beat. Right. And I think that's such an incredible takeaway. Like doesn't, we all live with fear all the time. The question is, do you let it own you or do you let it empower you? Exactly. Yeah. So we're coming to the end of the show. And one of the things that is so important to me is uh, being part of the world at large and not just living with blinders on. So I ask each of my guests to share their favorite charitable organization to support. And what is yours? My favorite charitable organization is Hope for Two, the Cancer with Pregnancy organization. Didn't even know that existed. I, I didn't either. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to have a link to the organization on our show notes. Um, do you want, have you been involved with the organization? Yes, absolutely. They actually, you know, are kind of what helps keep me sane because, you know, having breast, breast cancer is unfortunately a very common thing nowadays. Um, having breast cancer and being pregnant, not so much. Um, so, you know, I kind of felt like I was alone in that scenario, but I was able to, you know, through research um, on the internet and whatnot, um, found their website and found that I was very much not alone, unfortunately, but, you know, it worked out because they have, they will hook you up with another person who has a very similar cancer story to you um, to kind of mentor you and help you get through the hard parts of the chemo and the being pregnant and all that. So that was a great great resource for me because I got to speak to somebody who knew exactly what I was going through because she'd been there before and I could hear her kid in the background that she had, Aww. you know, so it was like, okay, <laughs> I'm not the first one to go through this. Other people have survived this. Yeah. Um, and I um, have also volunteered too. So I, I'm set up where, you know, if someone needs me or has a similar cancer story, they will contact me and I will, um, you know, talk with that person as well and try to help them as much as I can through their, their cancer journey as well. I love that this organization exists and that it's there to support you and that now you're giving back to it. It's beautiful. Everyone who's listening, check them out at the least, very least share it with people that you know, because yes. you never know who's going to need it. If you have um, the ability or the will to support in any way, we want to put that out there 
Um, each and every week we present new options and we hope that you'll take advantage of supporting all of these amazing organizations. So thank you for sharing that with us, Kim. Would you be willing to share your three words with us again? Yes. <laughs> Great. They are hopeful, tenacious, dynamic. My favorite thing about your three words is that none of it says anything about survivor and you are, and I think survivor is fierce and it should be owned, but those are three beautiful, positive words. And I love that that's who you are, that that's what you've tapped into. Your life is not defined by being a cancer survivor. Mm -hmm. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. It's, I just was so excited for this interview. I think that it's so important for all of our listeners to, to hear, you know, you can do the thing. Yes. There's nothing in yes. your way. It's so important. And I don't know about everybody else, but I'm in awe of, of all of it, Kim. Your story is inspiring. <laughs> Talk about living courageously. Uh, I, I look forward to watching you and your little one continue to grow and thrive. I, I'm honored to be. Uh, I follow you on social media and the pictures sort of <laughs> chills. I, I love to look at it. It just reminds me. It's a really nice perspective uh, of the fact that I can do the things. We yes. can all do the things. Absolutely. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing your story with us. Well, thank you so much for letting me share it. I appreciate it tons. And it was fun for me. I told you this is kind of me stepping out of my comfort zone. So it's nice. It's easy to type things on Instagram or post pictures. But, you know, talking about it isn't always... Um, super easy. I'm glad well, that's I also brave. <laughs> I didn't cry in the middle of it. You didn't cry. I, I almost <laughs> didn't. I didn't cry either. Well, thank you so much. We're going to continue to be in touch. I look forward to that. And thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next Thursday. This is Heather Vickery signing off and reminding you to always choose bravely. The Brave Files is also supported by Frizz Marketing, a boutique marketing firm offering tailored services to small businesses and nonprofits. Frizz helps you distill your authentic story and get in front of the right audience. Contact them today at frizzmarketing.com. Thank you for listening to The Brave Files. Be sure to visit thebravefilespodcast.com to access the show notes and discover fantastic bonus content. Music composed and produced by Matt Lewis of Union Music, LLC.